Well, does it? Yeah. Okay, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. Ah, looking good. So, uh, what are you doing down there? Uh, you know, the sound makes me drop a car. That hedge. <laughs> what are you talking about? There's always a hedge with you, Mike. Okay, it's in a hotel that the unenlightened claim is mildly haunted. And. And I need you to get Christopher to do the shoot with us. Uh, when you reach the fifth floor, a woman is supposed to enter. Ooh, a woman. And then you have mad, crazy sex. Now. Um. You're not. Come on, please. No, Chris is out there freaking out. Like we should really, we should pack our stuff. We should go. Denny, Denny, please, just, just, just stop for a second. We can't leave. What was that? What just happened? I don't know. He had a nervous breakdown. I am just as freaked out by it as you are. Dude, get out of here. Dude, bye. Welcome everybody to Dead Talk Live, and as you just saw, our special guest tonight is Sam Valentine from the movie Followed. Sam, thank you so much for being here with us. How are you doing tonight? Hi, thanks for having me. I'm I'm pretty good. How are you? Uh, we're good. We're good. We're excited for this conversation. So let's just get started. Uh, you appeared in the Incantation. Uh, the timelines for the Followed and Incantation on IMDb show the same uh, release year. Now, Matt, uh, your co-star in Followed, says that Followed was filmed in 2016. So my question to you is, where does the incantation fall in filming, uh, before or after Followed? So I filmed Incantation um, uh, the summer before Followed. So Incantation was in the summer and Followed was in the fall. So there was about two or three months between the filming of the two. Oh, okay. That's very interesting to know. Did the uh, people who make Followed, uh, did they watch? Did they have a chance to see you in Incantation? Do you know? No, no that movie, uh, it took, you know, indie films take uh, like a minute to get going. So that uh, Incantation didn't come out, I think, until 2018. Yes. Um, so there was there was nothing quite available yet. Um, okay. Okay. Now, two movies, The Incantation and Followed, uh, got two very different responses. If uh, you were to choose uh, between writing, directing, or even acting, what would you say is the key differences between Incantation and Followed? Wow. I mean, they're two very different films, right? Like, Incantation is is about a girl in a castle in France. It's a completely different type of horror movie, whereas Followed is based on true events. We were YouTubers. Uh, uh, I think probably the difference between the two would just be story structure, so I guess you could go to writing, mm -hmm. is that um, Incantation was a little more, followed the usual rules of a horror movie, right? Like we had uh, the spirits and the visions and that kind of stuff that was more uh, atypical of what you'd see in a horror movie. And I mean, the setting of that movie was fantastic. We lived in a castle in France. Like I, 
I, you know, can't thank those guys enough for that opportunity. It was a blast. Um, and followed, we were in, it was much more mainstream, right? Whereas Incantation had some characters from the past. Everything about followed was very much, um, you know, 2019, yeah. 2020, like very relevant, even though it was filmed in 2016. Um, but the interesting thing is both of them utilized social media in different ways mm -hmm. uh, to find the characters. Yeah, I found it great in the beginning of Incantation when you tell the cab driver, can we stop and take a selfie? I thought, <laughs> it's very cute. It's very realistic. Uh, how did you and Dean Kane, who's your co-star in Incantation, uh, he's been around for a while now. Uh, did you ask for any advice? Did he help you out? Was it, I mean, how was your relationship between you and Dean? Yeah, you know, when I met him, we had already been filming for a little bit because uh, he came in a little bit later than I did. Um, but I wanted to be extremely respectful of his time and his energy, so I didn't necessarily ask him for uh, advice. Um, but, you know, you kind of re receive a lot of that kind of stuff from working with someone. Um, so I kind of just try to take in when I'm working with a professional actor what I can get from them um, just from watching them work yeah. uh, and to, like, you know, ask too much of them while they're at their job. I know. Or <laughs> Dean came in for me. I remember he was Superman on Lois and Clark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was very, he was, he liked sharing those stories too. Uh, that was a great show. Now, uh, did you learn anything from Incantation as an actress that you brought with you to follow? Like I, I know I heard stories of actors taking their previous roles, learning and moving on to the next. Yeah, I mean, you can't not, right? Like it's hard to go to a, do a job for six to eight weeks and not take something to the next one. Mm -hmm. um, I The skills I learned in working in a set, because we filmed Incantation for six weeks in France. <clears throat> so I was filming and I was in almost every single scene of the movie. Um, so to be filming every single day, just as an actor was just flexing a muscle every single day, all day long that, uh, it, you know, that's an, an unbelievable skill and opportunity. Most actors would kill to have that many days on a set to practice, you know, to like learn and grow. And, and, um, our producers and our director were so kind in the movie of like working with me because it was one of my first big leads, um, to like take their time and we had lots of chats and discussions and um, so it was a great place to learn and grow and in terms of like acting little things I, I think there was a like facial expressions and things like uh, you know you can only be like so screamed slash surprised in a close-up so many times until it looks all the same <laughs> um, so to to learn what my face does in different circumstances and then I kind of took it back home and I had some time to think I wish I could film this scene again because I wish I could do this instead, right? Like I went home and I watched some more content and some more actors working and like what a cool job that we get to watch TV and movies as a job. I know. Um, <laughs> but I, I took that to learn like, oh, I wish I would have done like, oh, this, like this is such a cool thing she chose to do instead of like a scream. It was more like, a, you know, it's just even more to play with. So I feel like I got to then put those same similar skill set at work into a whole different character because the two characters could oh, not oh, more yeah. different. Oh yeah, totally <laughs> different. Now, as you know, we've had your co-star Matthew Solomon on last week. Uh, he told us that 
uh, everyone in the cast was actually cast before there was even a script, except for you. You yes. were brought in late, and it, you were actually auditioned for the role of Danny and for Jess. How were you embraced uh, by the cast that had already been there for a while? Yeah, I mean, they were amazing. To be honest, I think there was a girl who was cast as my role of Danny uh, in Followed, and then she dropped out. Okay. Uh, some, I don't know, reason. Um, fine by me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, because the, I mean, the cast was amazing. They set up a lot of stuff for uh, opportunities for us to meet before we started filming. We had a great table read. Uh, we had meetings. The cast, our, our director and producer took us on a ghost hunt tour as a cast. So they made sure that we knew each other and had established relationships. And even at the callback that I got to attend because those roles were cast, they brought uh, Tim Dreyer and Matthew Solomon in to the callback, and I got to act with them for my callback, which is just, you can't ask for more as an actor than just to be put with people in a scene to actually work and not with a reader. Um, so that they, from the beginning, we were all pretty close, and we spent a lot of time, you've seen the movie, in cars together. Mm -hmm. We spent a lot of time in elevators together. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was... Uh, I could not be luckier that I got cast with a group of very cool people because that's not always the case. And that's that's really great to hear that uh, producers, writers wanted to build that chemistry that we get to see on the movie, in the movie, off the set. They wanted to build it up. I think that's a great strategy. Now, we didn't get to meet Danny till about 10, 15 minutes into Followed. But by the end of the movie... You are the co-star uh, with Matt. Uh, you're, you're it. I mean, it's you and Tim. It could be a toss-up. But for me personally, it's Danny. Uh, you think that was intentionally written there to throw the audience off? A lot of people thought that Matthew Solomon's character of Drop the Mic would be killed first. <laughs> <laughs> Just because he has such a big personality. And if you go by you know, horror movie tropes, that's a little bit of a spoiler, but the movie's been out for a while, so I'm not going to let it go. No, no. Um, but, you know, a lot of people thought that he would be killed in some sort of fashion right away um, because just we know that type. Uh, so I think it was fun that we shirked that to start out with and then to see who was left at the end. You know, the script, the script was always similar to how it was. Like, it didn't change after I came in or the characters were developed um, but, you know, Matt and I were so lucky that we became really close friends um, due to the fact that we had so many days together. I think Danny's character fits as someone who would be would be long term in a horror movie. Right. Because yeah. it's, she's constantly trying to figure out, like, there has to be scientific evidence for why everything is how it is. And so to see the world through that lens, she's like the everyman. So everyone who is in the theater is very, you know, they probably felt the most similar to her because she's very middle of the road. She's like, everyone needs to calm down. We will figure this out. Everything has to make sense. Exactly. Uh, so I think, you know, she made sense to connect the audience to the story in a long, in a long plot way. Yeah. And not only that, Danny was also the glue that was trying to hold together 
Chris and uh, dropped and Mike. Uh, you were the one that was saying, "Hey, come on, guys," you know. And uh, looking back, if you were to put yourself in Danny's shoes, when Chris was begging Danny to leave with him, ultimately Danny chose to stay with Mike. You know, mm-hmm. he gave you his story. It's understandable. They're both your friends, and you're torn. Looking back, uh, if you were to put yourself in your character's position, uh, you, do you think you yourself, Sam Valentine, would have taken the same route as Danny did and followed and uh, stayed with Mike instead of leaving with Chris? No, I'm a very risk-averse person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't sleep well like when I house set for my friends, let alone in a haunted hotel. <laughs> I like a good dare now and then, but when it comes to like actually having my life threatened, no, I think I would be gone. I'm definitely not as brave as Danny. I also think Danny had a point to prove that she wanted to see, she had has to see things out to the end, and she needed to prove to herself that there is no other world. There is no other realm. There is only this, and everything has to make sense, and I'm going to make it make sense. I also think that uh, leaving with uh, the character of Chris, Tim Dreyer's character, would have solidified for her that she was would have made it seem like she was more romantically interested in him, which yeah. is a, a storyline we kind of graced over. A lot of it was cut out of the movie, but there was a whole a lot of scenes between myself and and Tim where those characters kind of suss out their relationship more. And I think that she didn't want to lead him on in that way. Okay. Okay, well that makes sense. The only thing that we see is that <laughs> the only thing that we see as the audience is that a couple of minutes of you guys in the uh, hallway while mm-hmm. Mike's in the bathroom. Now going over the whole thing, uh, and you said like you mentioned based on a true story, the Cecil Hotel. Yeah. Uh, there's a great docu series that has been recently released on Netflix. Uh, five parts documenting the whole uh, Elisa Lam story. How much of an insight were you given uh, to the uh, Elisa Lam story before you started filming Followed? Uh, I mean, as much as we could get our hands on, we as a team did a lot of chat and research about the story and the hotel, because the hotel goes back way before that. It has tons of history. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, murder suicides overdoses you name it which if you if you've ever been there in downtown los angeles it's just another tall building you would drive by at any point in time but when you know all that stuff you just feel something in that area it just feels weird so they informed us as much as we could i remembered stories about it but i when i got the audition i did a lot more research uh because i was like i remember something about this um, so I did my research upon the initial audition just so I could get an understanding of what I was talking about. And then we as a crew were informed a lot more. And uh, we actually, I don't know if Matt, Matt didn't go, but myself and Tim Dreyer uh, um, and uh, Caitlin, who plays the role of, um, wait, hold on, I'm having a moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Um, uh, she... Uh, this is terrible that I'm completely blanking. Wow. Anyway, uh, so her character, um, the three of us actors went to the Cecil Hotel 
and we got a room so we could go in it and we did not end up staying the night because it was very creepy and also just really not well taken care of. Um, Caitlin's character, by the way, is Nick. Nick! Oh my... <laughs> wow, thank you. That would have uh, no, me no, up. And... That's fine. I mean, these are character names. It, it's <laughs> it's a totally different uh, world. When we see Danny uh, in the hotel, you guys are checking in, you basically declare you are a skeptic. It's just a room, it's four walls, a roof, there's nothing more, nothing bad. By the end of the movie, you are running for your life, scared out of your wits. But even when you were explaining as Danny, you're, this is not logical, ghosts don't exist, there's a little hint of you were not even really sure if you believed your own words. Uh, what do you think was the pivot moment in the movie that turned Danny from a skeptic to saying, hey, there's something here that I just do not comprehend? You know, I think when the characters go on the roof and start finding things on the roof in certain scenes, I think she starts to be alarmed. Mm -hmm. uh, afterwards, there's a scene where they go back to go to bed, and for the first night of their stay, she agrees to take one of their sleeping pills with them. Yes. So I think she starts to shift and starts to show a few cracks in the foundation right around there. Okay, okay. Now, um, you know... Is it, I mean, we already passed that, but uh, what would you say is Danny's strongest characteristic? Mm. I think that Danny's strongest characteristic would probably be her practicality because she needed that to do her job. Um, also, if you've ever been on a movie set and you've met the people who do, who run sound mm -hmm. uh, and run those kind of jobs, are typically very normal, practical people. <laughs> like as much as they are happy to be in the world of Hollywood, they're just, they're pretty like, I'm gonna put on my boots and my jeans and go to work. My work just happens to be a Disney stage. You know, they're exactly. just like, yeah. And so I wanted to channel some of that too, which you can see in like her costuming, like she wears old jeans and old like high school t-shirts. She's very, very, just there to do a job. So down, she's a yeah, down to earth, practical, <laughs> logical. Uh, at the end of the movie, by the end of the movie, we just, the last we see of you, you run off, Chris comes in, saves you, and then that's it. We don't know, we don't see you again. The only mention we get is from uh, Matt's character, Mike, that you guys are not responding uh, to his uh, calls. Is there something mm -hmm. for us to read into that? Uh, could something bad have followed Danny and Chris that we as an audience don't know yet? I think so. I think there is a lot left to question and our director and writer have been very specific that they left that like that on purpose and that they are writing a second script. It might even be done actually. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, they were very specific about you know, I think utilizing their words well. So the term followed is not just about Matt being followed by his past. I think the term followed uh, is going to lead to more conversation in yeah. a different 
capacity. Yeah. I think so, you know, I hope she's still alive. I'd really like to make another movie with all those people. <laughs> <laughs> now, were, were you uh, present uh, during the uh, film festivals when the movie was being presented? A couple of them. I got to go to the Burbank Film Fest, uh, and then we did a private screening before that. Now, um, uh, by the way, congratulations on your nomination for oh, Best Actress. And... Yeah, that was cool. I got a gift bag. <laughs> How did it feel getting nominated for Best Actress at, the, at a film festival? I mean, great. It's And the other, you know... Kelly Kelly who was the actress who won that year and she's major so to be nominated in a category with someone like her is is stellar it feels really cool especially in a supporting role because mm -hmm. you know you don't always get recognition um yeah. so it it was really it was really exciting it was really fun i do it again anytime for us that don't know explain to us how these film festivals work uh, now the movie, it's an indie movie, right? It means it's made independently. The funding is whatever you guys, meaning, you know, the producers, director, the creators who came up with the movie, show these movies off at film festivals. Uh, you as the actor, uh, you, Matt, Tim, whoever attends, like, what is your role during these film festivals? Uh, you know, if you're allowed to share. Yeah, you know, I don't know a ton about the film festival world because I've never submitted a film. I've only been in films that were in them, so I don't know a ton of the inner workings. I know it gets complicated and there's a lot of paperwork and you choose one or the other sometimes. So I know it gets submitted and if it gets accepted into a category, you're often invited to come. I know we were, there was one in like Australia that we were accepted to. They, they were like, do you guys want to go? I was like, I would love to. Uh, I think that was right before the pandemic. Um, but uh, there are certain rules you have to follow. And then once your film gets in, you uh, typically you get a number of invites. And mm -hmm. the, the crew will decide, our production crew will decide who gets to go. Um, oftentimes when we're invited, it's to um, add, add the zing of how actors there. Yeah, it's a promotional, it's a promotional move, but it's also... It's nice for us to be invited because often you meet people at those kind of events. Mm -hmm. You know, you can, um, that gross, terrible word networking, which people hate, but you know, you can meet new friends, which is the same thing as networking. Exactly. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and find new connections that way. You can see someone else's film. You know, I've seen other directors' films, and then I'll be like, hi, I'm so and so. I'm, I was in that movie. And, you know, there's a cross. We just literally saw each other's work. So it's like the best time to make new friendships like that. What was your guys' reaction to the positive reaction the film received at the at these uh, festivals? Were you like, whoa? Or yeah. were you like, good, this is what we wanted, this is what we expected, and we got it? You know, I've done a lot of horror movies, and i i never expect anything to happen with them because it's so rare uh for the amount of movies that get made versus the amount of movies that ignite yeah uh is, is a very rare mathematical equation that i wish i could figure out but well it's um, an overly saturated market totally totally because horror is you know it's very e not easy god forbid it is it is complicated but it is it's a movie that gets made a lot especially it's because it's, yeah it's a very popular genre 
Yes. And people will watch it in all countries. They'll watch it in all languages. Horror is horror. Um, and, and it has an audience. There's a lid for every single horror pot out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so, so wait, well, I think I forgot my question. The, uh, what is the well, reaction? The uh, reaction to after the, the positive, re you know, response that it got at the festivals. I mean, super exciting because we did film it in 2016. So by the time it started going to festivals in 2018, 2019, uh, it, it was seemed like a bit of a past memory. So for someone to, to say, hey, your work was really good, it's like, oh, I almost forgot that I did that because the world moved so quickly. Mm -hmm. It was a nice. It was also a great excuse for all of us to be together and go to these events. It, you know, I was floored. Um, our, our production team was like, yep, that's right. That's the direction we should be going. And I think as an actor, we're just like a tablespoon jaded to where I'm like, nobody's ever going to see it. You know, <laughs> like you just... <laughs> <laughs> expect that you low you lower your bar so that you're never um bummed because i've been in movies that i've shot and have never gotten made yeah. uh so so you keep a, a lowish bar sometimes but you know when we went to drive in movie theaters this summer and release the attention it got did shock me mm -hmm. <laughs> that was really fun yeah like i told matt followed is a movie that as time wears on its popularity, it's going to grow and grow. It, it's just, yeah, it's that kind of movie. It's just going to get noticed more and more. Word of mouth is going to spread the word, and it's just, it's going to grow and grow to where I see it as a very realistic possibility that you guys might be back filming a sequel, which would be fantastic. I'd love that. And, you know, I think put, having it on Amazon Prime and having the Netflix series be getting so popular and just having mm -hmm. dropped. Uh, you know, I, I, I've heard that our viewing rating is skyrocketing because mm -hmm. it's tied up with this Netflix series. So, yeah. you know, Netflix is ready to talk. I'm, I'm available. Yeah. I am at samvalentine.net is my email. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Netflix put this docu-series out. Uh, a lot of people did not, they've heard of the, the lamb story, but now they're getting all the details in this five-part docu-series, and it's just going to draw more attention. And this show is becoming very popular on Netflix, and Netflix, trust me, Netflix is well aware that there's this movie out there called Followed that is based on the, uh, on the lamb story. Now, um, do you... When you wrap a project, whatever project, whether the incantation followed, whatever, do you as an actor uh, have a sense as to what kind of reception it might or might not receive? Only because I think I'm still young in my career and I have a lot more to learn about it, I don't yet. Okay. I think oftentimes you can read a script and you can know if it works or not. Uh and then you kind of assume, but there's so many steps between filming and what gets made mm -hmm. that, you know, the scoring, the colorizing, um, the editing of the scenes versus like the, the sound, like there's so many elements that we don't see most of the time as actors that all we can do is, is just hope that, that what we've done holds up in editing that, you know, it, it works as a piece together film, because especially if you're not privy to seeing the dailies, the, the, the videos at the end of the day that you shot that day, 
um, it's so hard to know what's pieced together. So you really have to trust your process and you have to trust your production team and your directors and your editor. Exactly. Now, uh, I don't know if you're privy to this information. I want to talk for a minute about budgeting. Uh, your two projects, Incantation and Followed. It looks for me as the viewer that Incantation had a much lower budget than followed as far as you know were the budgets on the same level for both movies or was did followed have uh, more money basically i don't actually know okay that's what i thought i mean i wouldn't yeah 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 Yeah, i don't don't keep in touch with that stuff but i i could tell you that i know that because followed did an early uh, they had an earlier release of the movie they sent to investors. I believe that they got more attention and earned more money from that. I think. But that's that they, after that, the movie was made. That they then used in the editing process. Yeah, which okay. just tells you how important um, editing. editing and scoring and all of those things really are. And you know what? The incantation, you know, I'm not knocking it. It, 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 the story was good. You were great. The the thing when I'm, I'm excited I, you saw it. <laughs> I, I watched it again last night, and I compared it. And this is going to sound completely weird, but the picture itself compared to followed just looks of a lower budget type of movie. Does that make sense? It, it yeah. you know, it's. Nothing to do with uh, the acting or the the story, but the quality looks like something like maybe it's even the quality of the camera that was used. That's yeah. what led me to ask the question about budgeting. Totally. You know, I think it really shows what happens when you use resources in Los Angeles versus what happens when you're scrambling to put resources together in a tiny countryside in France. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, for example, a lot of the actors we pulled in the lighting, we had to some kind of, you know, we had to, um, you know, borrow lights and this and that. And like, we had a full, like our DP was amazing. Um, our sound was incredible. We had a lot of people that were very high level, but we were functioning on equipment that we had to get overseas. Yeah. Uh, so I do think it says a lot about the production value of having everything at your fingertips in Los Angeles versus like guerrilla style filming um, in, in a foreign country. Was that your first time visiting France? You know, I filmed a commercial there uh, in 2013, mm-hmm. I think it was. So, uh, so not my first time. And funnily enough, both times I've been there, I've been shooting things. So I would like to go back on vacation one day where I can just eat all the bread and drink all the wine. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like you had a lot of fun. Uh, you know, both. I, I, Absolutely. But they kept you very, very busy. Now, um, were you excited, like, when you saw Followed and you're, like, on the main poster cover? Like, you're like, wow, you know? I was so pumped. And that scene's not even in the movie, which is so funny. Um, I was thrilled. I was like, this is cool. Every actor loves attention. But it was really cool to see. And I think they made it look awesome and the the clip that that is from from that hallway scene it didn't even make the final cut um and there were several versions of that exact poster in different forms of pixelation and things like that and uh i was i was i was thrilled and honored especially because 
Matt Solomon, I've never seen an actor work harder. Um, he was such a hard worker. And I was like, I feel like you should be on the poster. <laughs> <laughs> he had so many, I mean, he, he probably had the equivalent of like 90 pages of dialogue. Like he, the movie is him talking. Oh yeah. Like a hundred miles per minute too. Exactly. Exactly. And he, I mean, he nailed it every single day. He's just a, a true professional. Now you've stated that you've done a lot of horror. Is that just because that's where you've landed the role? So uh, what is your personal opinion of horror? Uh, if you have spare time and you're sitting at home on the couch, is any horror movies in your queue or do you just not care for the genre personally? Yeah, so I think I ended up getting cast in it most often because it is very attainable uh, in in the market for an actor with not as big of credits, oftentimes you can get bigger roles in a horror movie regardless of your um, past credits, which is not true about every type of film. Um, I also think I I look like a girl you'd see at the end of a horror movie. It's just kind of a face and a vibe. Um, last girl standing. Last girl standing. Yeah, that's a, someone made a jacket that said that. And I was like, I think I should get that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Uh, but yeah, so uh, I, I love the genre. I've always enjoyed it. I don't watch it alone. Um, like I said, very risk averse. I get nervous easily. Um, I love a well a well done horror story is just like, like it's just, I, I can't appreciate it enough. Maybe because for, for every, you know, one thing I've done in the horror realm, realm I've auditioned for, you know, 20 more. So mm-hmm. I've read a lot of bad scripts and yeah. I've read good scripts and the ones that can translate to screen, you know, um, the haunting of Hill house, the blind manor, uh, just like, uh, so gorgeous. And like they elevate the the whole genre. So I love, I love that because it's a it's, it's a beautifully pieced together story. So that I appreciate the most in a horror movie. And then you got to love the classics. I mean, we watched Rosemary's baby recently. Went on a little Halloween kick a while ago. We did all the Scream movies. Like I, you know, it's just, it's fun to watch the campy ones sometimes too. Oh, they're very great. Now, what's your personal opinion uh, as far as maybe being open-minded to the paranormal? And how does that affect you filming paranormal movies like Incantation and Followed? Mm, What a great question. So I am very aware that I don't know a lot of things. So I accept the fact that there's probably a ton of things I don't understand, but that doesn't mean they don't exist. Yeah. So I, I believe that there is more than just us in some capacity, whether that means ghosts, whether that means aliens, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, in my realm of my life, I haven't had that many things happen to me that made me believe. Yes. Um, uh, if any spirits are here, I'm good. You don't have to convince me. <laughs> We're good. Um, but I, you know, I think it would be it would be very selfish and close minded to think that I know I have an definitive opinion of any of that. I yeah, completely <laughs> agree with you. Does it uh, have a different effect on you when you're shooting something that is very real? For example, followed with the Elisa Lamb you are in a way telling the story of something that really happened. Somebody did lose their life. They disappeared. Uh, it drew a lot of media attention. Do you put a certain amount of responsibility as an actor that you want to portray the script 
uh, to the best of your ability? Yeah, I will say I think I put that kind of responsibility on any role, especially as I'm starting to get older, because I now acknowledge and know how much time, energy, money goes into every single piece of every single movie, TV, film, short, you know, anything. Um, and I never want to be the person who messes up someone else's dream. And yeah. you just never know what capacity you're filling in the roles. So I take a lot of responsibility with anything I choose to do. Uh, and especially with stories like this where, you know, that was the easy part of Danny was that she was very real. So I didn't have to be super reactionary or super um, wild and crazy. You know, I could very easily be a real person in the situation, which a lot of times with stories like that, when you have the, some real life um, tie-ins, I do think it's important to, to, to find the humanness of it all. Exactly. Um, and, and to your question of, uh, your previous question of dealing with that stuff in, in your own beliefs. I think uh, a lot of it is uh, just a respect thing, whether you're being respectful to someone's story, whether you're being respectful to like a place that's haunted. The last thing you want to do is come in and like act like an asshole. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And provoke. Yeah. Just be a nice, good person. Like I'm not going to go in incantation. That castle we stayed in had a chapel in it. I'm not going to move anything in that chapel because what spiritual, whoever it belongs to is none of my, is none of my business. Yeah. So I, you know, whether it's a role or whether it's someone else's space, whether or not I believe that there are the ghosts there or not, it doesn't belong to me. So I think respect is like the number one priority for those kind of situations. Exactly. I totally agree with you. Now you, th now Matt told us that, uh, you got a production team requested to film at the Cecil. They were denied. The film was <laughs> filmed in two other yeah. hotels. How do you think it would have affected you if you were actually filming at the Cecil hotel? That would have been so cool. I would have been so cool. I, it would have told the story, I think, a little bit differently because we did have to film it in different hotels. So the interiors of the rooms are one set and the exteriors and the hallways are another set in most of the film. And, um, you know, you work with what you got, but it would be it would have been really special to have been there. I think it would have added a little magic to the just the vibe. Yeah. Uh, even though the hotel we filmed in, especially like the lobby and stuff, it looked just like the mm -hmm. Cecil. And they were like neck and neck. We could look out our window and see the Cecil. Wow. Now, uh, how uh, I've totally had a brain fart as well. Now, <laughs> if you uh, had to stay at the I know you guys stayed at the hotel, I believe, or Matt lived close to the hotel where he could drive back and forth. But let's say you guys were filming at the Cecil and you were asked to stay there. How would you feel about that, knowing the the history of that hotel? I would feel like I would need to refill my Xanax prescription. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, oh boy. I, yes, you know, I don't really want to go to sleep there. I'll be honest with you. Just knowing all the stuff we know, I don't, I don't 
Yeah, I don't want to close my eyes in the dark. Um, I would have probably had to ask everyone to be my roommate. Um, I would have asked them to stay up late and um, watch like, you know, Pretty Woman or movies completely out of context of the area (laughs) so I could sleep at night. Now, Matthew told us a story, and I want to confirm it with you. That scene where you guys are there for the first night and uh, Tim and Matt... uh, yeah, Tim and Matt are in one bed, and you're in another bed. And Fred the head fell off the shelf. Matt said oh, yeah. that actually happened. That yeah, was not rigged. We were. It was like I had my eyes closed. It was like all, and then we heard the bump, and it had fallen down. The whole team was in the corner, like tucked away, filming because uh, they were going to do a time lapse shot, and the head just fell right off the shelf. Wow, that's that's kind of creepy. Uh, yeah. Now, in 2006, you were in Thanksgiving. Was that your first encounter with horror? Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Throwback. Um, that was in St. Louis. So I went to school at Missouri state and, uh, I don't know. I can try to remember how I met this director who was holding auditions and now I can't for the life of me remember, Mm. but, uh, I think it was through an on-camera class I was taking outside of school. And, uh, I think that's how I was introduced to him. But yeah, I, I went home from my college in Southern Missouri to St. Louis uh, and got to film like a day or two. I think it was a day of, of, yeah, of my first horror movie, which was like, I felt like a rock star. (laughs) (laughs) Let me ask you, when in your life did you realize that this is what you wanted to do? I don't think I ever knew I wanted to do anything else. So I think it was always, uh, there were times that I tried to convince myself that acting wasn't it because it's so hard. And you got to face a lot of rejection. You got to face a lot of rejection. You totally do. And you have to, you have to find ways to validate yourself outside of your career, which I don't know a lot of jobs that people can work on every single day and, um, continue to work on with zero expectation and zero validation yeah. and acting is one of those, right? Like we just, we keep working and we send audition tapes and we read scripts and we send and we, you know, submit and all these things. And most of the time you don't hear anything like yeah. 95% of the time you don't hear anything. So you just have to find your grind. Um, so I tried, you know, I went to school to teach theater instead at first ended up switching my major three times because I was trying to avoid the acting thing because it didn't seem like a substantial career. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think there was nothing else I ever wanted to do, but it is, it's hard. It's really hard. So being where you are right now, I mean, do you consider yourself lucky and blessed and like, yes, you know, I, you know, I have a path forward. There's, I am good at this and you are good at this and a a path forward. How do you consider yourself right now at this stage in your career and life? I mean, I could not be luckier as a human being in general because I have a roof over my head and I am so healthy. So just in that capacity, um, I was also, you know, it's always important to note these kind of things of, of, I am grateful every day, but I also have a great deal of privilege. You know, I'm a a white cisgender woman who was born in a middle-class family. So I am a very, very privileged person. So I have to function out of gratitude because I, I, there's so much out 
out there that I know is not that people don't get the opportunities that I do just because of the body I was born into. Um, So I'm extremely grateful every single day. And in terms of my career, you know, I just signed with a brand new agent last month, which has been opened up a lot of doors. I have a handful of really good credits behind me. You know, I had a movie come out in the pandemic. Most people didn't have anything come out last year and we had a top and we had a number one movie. Like, even though it's hard to be, you know, people, Hollywood forgets really quickly. Oh, yeah. Everyone really moved on. They don't, they everyone forget about whatever was at the box office last month, let alone in July. But you have to take count your own victories and see your own sights. And the auditions that I'm getting now are so beyond and above what I was getting two to three years ago. Um, I run a, a brand called One Broke Actress that's a podcast and a website for actors all about the day-to-day of the working actor. And I have like some sponsors and, uh, you know, I do content all the time and I, I'm always invested in the acting world 24-7, meeting new people, meeting other hardworking actors. So I do feel like it's much more in control in my hands, in my control than it ever has been. Um, and I feel really excited about the future. So let's do a little time jump. If you, let's say 10, 15 years, if you were going to look back and are you going to say that followed is what took your career in a completely different direction? Mm, That's such a hard question. It's so hard to know because I think the response from followed is like you said, just starting to happen. Mm Mm-hmm the Netflix series and with all the things that are happening, it's hard, especially the way streaming is that things kind of can get popular later. Mm-hmm. I think that followed is definitely a help and I would not discount any of the relationships I made in making this movie with our awesome production team with the other actors. I would be shocked if I did not work with them again. Um, it's hard to say if like one thing is the thing until it's like, a series regular on a, (laughs) you know, history is what tells history is going to tell. Totally. You know, the, 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 the people I've met and the conversations I've gotten to have from this film and even things like this, like long form press formats, um, learning to do this is, is exactly what I needed to do at this point in time. So I think that part is important too. Okay, cool. Now, uh, we're still in the middle of a pandemic, okay? Uh, do you, in not just you, but in actors in general, are you guys seeing more auditions starting to open up now where hopefully there might be a light at the end of the tunnel? Or is it yeah. still really far and few in between? Uh, things are starting to happen more than they were before. Um I know you're on the East Coast, but in L.A. in January, things were very, very bad. Mm-hmm. And they shut down filming almost completely for the first two or three weeks. Commercials are starting to slowly pick up again. They fell behind quite a bit. And theatrical is picking up, although probably 50% of the auditions I'm getting are shooting in places like Canada. Okay. So. It's not as often that I'm seeing a ton of stuff that's shooting locally. It's so expensive to run a COVID compliance set. Uh, And since I am a union actor, my set has to be very, very restrictive of who they put on it and what they do. So 
they're also having less people and less roles where they can, which does mean less opportunities. So there are going to be less less technical roles, but I do think actors are going to see more auditions because okay. because everything is self-tape. Everything you film at home, casting directors can call in a lot more people. That's what so, I was going to ask you. Now, because of COVID, are in-person auditions not right. happening anymore? Yeah. Right. I, there's none whatsoever in Los Angeles. I know there's some in Atlanta, in um, some in places like Texas and smaller markets, but Los Angeles does not have any in-person auditions. The only ones I know of are people who are coming in to do chemistry reads mm -hmm. that maybe, maybe for a series that was like a series regular role. But I know people doing producer sessions for like the biggest role of their lives and they're in their living room. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, being an actress, what do you think about, uh, you know, the film industry spreading its wings? Atlanta has been now for a while. North Carolina, Wilmington, these are, I mean, places you would never imagine are becoming hotspots for filming. How do you feel about that? That it used to be before, before your time too, it used to be either New York or LA. Yeah. Now yeah. it's really just spread out. How do you feel about that? I think it's great because there's so many amazing actors who never had the opportunity to work in this industry because they worked at, they lived in smaller markets and due to whatever circumstances, be it family, be it financial, whatever, mm -hmm. they didn't have a chance to like, they didn't have a chance at the business. Yeah. So now so many actors who are from different areas can do this and they can get good and they can try and they can become bigger and then they can work in LA, but they live in Atlanta, you know, cause they've built up enough credits in Atlanta and you know, for the, the roles that I'm getting now are roles that are big enough that they will travel you. It's harder right now, I know, for a lot of actors who are only in the co-star, like very like starting levels, because oftentimes if the shows are shooting, especially pandemic times, you know, Georgia's open. They're yeah. doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's easier for them to just, everyone will just, you'll just grab a local actor for the smaller roles anytime. It's easier. It's easier on your budget. It's easier on your mental game. Uh, everything's chiller if you have someone who's five miles away instead of 5,000. That, totally, so. yeah, that totally makes sense. Let's, uh, I want you to talk a little bit. I mean, you already mentioned it. Your podcast, One Broke Actress. Yeah. What was the motivation behind uh, starting that? Like what yeah. sparked the idea for that for you? You know, when I came home from filming Incantation, actually, before Followed started, uh, everyone was telling me congratulations on this big movie and all these things. Um, but the movie hadn't gotten made yet, and there was nothing to sh like show for it at that point in time. And because I had left the country for a few months, I had lost my full-time job. And there's so many parts of that process that actors don't talk about. They don't talk about the coming home from a project, not having the next one yet. You know, how do you, are you on unemployment? Do you need a job? How do yeah. you pay to continue your career? Because acting is really expensive. Um, the classes, the photos, the uploads, the self-tapes, like everything is pricey. And it's an expensive career to be involved in. So you need constant income of some level or another. And um, so I started One Broke Actress after that point because I felt like no one was really talking about the day-to-day -day life of a working actor. I feel like they were only sharing 
after they were super successful, which is also a lovely and important story, but I thought we needed more success stories before they happened. Exactly, exactly, reaching out. And it's funny, you mentioned starting the podcast. I started this as a form of, I suffer from anxiety. Mm. I started this in April as therapy. And it's, oh, okay. it's helped me tremendously, um, not in this for fame or fortune, but I do now have a manager and an agent. And my manager is making me go get headshots. Yeah. And, and I feel, you know, I'm like, okay. I, I mean, I feel a little uncomfortable. The one thing I said is I'm not wearing a shirt and tie. I'm not a shirt and tie person, but no, I'm going to. You don't, I, I don't get that vibe from you. You shouldn't wear a shirt. No, and tie. no. T-shirt guy, you know, I'm an everyday Joe. So, but I totally understand. And I love your motivation for starting your podcast, you know, and to share and uh, it keeps the connection going in this quarantine times that we are living in right now. Uh, you know, one, we're almost out of time, but I do want to ask you, uh, you're a big dog lover. Okay. <laughs> I mean, tell us about that and how, you know, are you, are your dogs rescue dogs? Oh, look at that. This is Solo. Hey, Solo. Look There's... at that. Look how cute. You have, you have three dogs, right? I'm going to give you a show right now because you asked my favorite question in the whole world. I know. Then... I want to see your dogs. This is Trudy. Hey, Trudy. We got oh. Trudy at the beginning of the pandemic as a foster, and then she never left. <laughs> <laughs> They've been so well behaved. Oh, they're older, so they sleep a lot. And then this is Willow. Oh. Willow's my OG. I've had her for almost 10 years. Hi, I love you. Oh, that is so yeah, sweet. Now, being, for people who don't own or have dogs, uh, it's a it's a full-time job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's a great job for an actor because my fiance is a trainer, so he's gone at the gym all day long. So it's it's great for me because I have walking buddies all day long. I have a whole team to talk to. They're not so great when I'm filming an audition. They've been very quiet for you because it's after their dinner time. But uh, when yeah. I film something, they always find a squeaky toy or something like that. But they've... <laughs> They've, you understand because you have pets, but they've, they've made my life so much better, especially this past year. I don't know what I would have done without them. I just got to share with you, the chats are just blowing up right now with the dogs. <laughs> they love the dogs. Uh, okay, now, final question. Okay. What advice would you give up-and-coming actors who are trying to get into acting in today's environment? Well, I would tell you to listen to my podcast. <laughs> um, quite honest because there's a lot of good stuff in there there's but not just mine there are so this is such a cool time to come up in acting there you have access to so much information that I didn't have mm -hmm. um, you know the clubhouse app where people do like live chats in different rooms is bumping there are casting directors agents managers all these people asking real-time questions to anyone in the rooms you can figure out how to get agents you can figure out what you need to work on for your package you need to figure out your acting skills like it is in this pandemic time especially it's never been more accessible what's that called again clubhouse clubhouse is that a website or an app? Uh, it's it's a new social media type app. You do have to have an iPhone to use it, at least for now. I'm sure they'll change that soon because it's getting very popular. Oh. Um, 
but the clubhouse app there's an a podcast called audrey helps actors there's a podcast called actor mindset that is fantastic um there's so many free resources uh onebrokeactors.com i have a page of just resources on there um i made an actor dictionary recently uh that was all the terms i wish i would have known there's just there's so much stuff you can get in even before you are like quote unquote in the business so i would start delving in i think number one is like start learning information and then after that you get to start working on your craft, which is the really fun part. And do you think now that auditions are being done through videotapes being sent in, uh, it makes it easier for people to audition? Yeah, I do. I think they're, they're seeing more actors, which in the long run will be a good thing. And I think like you said about, you know, the smaller markets blowing up, I think more actors have an opportunity here, especially because you can live an hour outside of a big city and still audition for the city you're in. Okay. Are you yeah. a, are you a LA native? No. So I moved here almost. Oh, you're right. You said Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. All over the Midwest. Okay. I'm so nice. All right. So I'm sorry. <laughs> this has been so fascinating. I keep dragging it on. Thank you so much for being here and talking to us. Uh, yeah. It's been informative. It's been amazing. And you are a wonderful person. And I am sure we are going to be seeing a lot more of you on the screen in the weeks, months, days, years to come. You are Thank talented. You. you are absolutely fabulous and followed. Your acting, I'm telling you this from the bottom of my heart, was spot on in playing a very complicated character in Danny, who had to play, uh, walk a very fine line managing two great friends and trying to be the glue that holds them together so my hats off to you you are fantastic thank, uh, you so thank you so much for being on our show i want to thank all of our viewers do you have any final thoughts you want to share no if you guys want to find me on social media i'm sam valentine i'm always down to say hi that's right sam valentine that's the username on instagram check her out uh thank you so much thank you to all our viewers who tuned in I'll be back with you guys tomorrow, and on behalf of Sam and myself, stay safe, guys, and until next time, stay walking. Good night.